Thanks for listening to the Headliners Podcast. New episodes are available every week. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and Spotify. Moving to NFL Sunday. Uh, so we are now into week number eight. Let's start with our local teams. Uh, first game up on uh, NFL Sunday at noon, we're going to see the Minnesota Vikings take on the Green Bay Packers. This will be their second game. Uh, they opened up the season facing each other in Minnesota. So this game will be at Lambeau. Spread right now is at plus five and a half. The Vikings are a plus 210 underdog to win outright. The over-under is set at 50 and a half. Green Bay has looked good. Ar- arguably, they have looked like a very good team. I think that they are the best one-loss team in the NFL. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers has kind of shut the haters up for once this year and been able to put up like okay numbers. You know, the loss against Tampa Bay was really like the opening of Tampa Bay showing up and is like they're a Super Bowl contender. But Minnesota has had a lot of problems uh, on the offensive side of the football and Kirk Cousins being a bust again. And also that defense that is not able to cover wide receivers. Um, looking at the injury updates this week, uh, Green Bay is looking like they're going to be without Aaron Jones behind in the backfield. So Jamal Williams is going to take a lot of the snap, a lot of the snaps um, as the lead running back. But they do get Devontae Adams back again, so that will help them. You know, I like the Packers outright here. I also like the over on this at fifty and a half. You know, Aaron Rodgers has been able to pick that secondary apart. And after putting up the numbers that he did in week one, I really don't see that changing anytime soon, even without Aaron Jones. I mean, yeah, I would have to agree with you. It, it really, when it goes to Minnesota, I mean, Devin Cook has been hurt and he's questionable even for this weekend. If they don't have him, I'm definitely taking up that minus five and a half. I mean, without Dalvin Cook, they've really looked really bad. Even with him, they haven't looked great. Um, so, yeah, Green Bay all the way. I'm taking yep. them at minus five and a half, and I'm probably going to parlay it with probably either the Chiefs or something like that because yep. they're, they're playing New York. And I'm thinking, man, um, that's a – okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a moneymaker right there. I will say, uh, and moving into, like, fantasy sports here, one, the one bright side out of the Minnesota Vikings, Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson has shown up that he can be a real-time receiver. I have him in a dam- I have him in my dynasty league. He's putting up points. So I mean, just a little bit of like a plug there. If Justin Jefferson is available in anybody's fantasy leagues, go ahead and claim him off that waiver wire because him and Adam Thielen are going to be the top targets um, coming for the Vikings for a long time. Um, so let's talk about the Monsters of the Midway who play at three twenty-five. On Sunday, they face the New Orleans Saints in Chicago. Still no word yet on if the Saints will have Michael Thomas back again. Thomas has not played since week one of the season for the Saints. Um, the spread is minus five. The Bears are a buck 98 underdog outright, and the over-under is 43 and a half. Um, you know, I'll give you the first pick on this one because I, I really want to hear what you have to say about this. Oh, man, this is a conflicting pick for me because I'm a huge Michael Thomas fan. I'm a huge Drew Brees fan. But I might have to, like, without Michael Thomas, I might have to go with the Bears plus five. I know they did not look good against the Rams. I know that. But at home, 
I just, I just feel like I'm not saying that offense is going to be any better, especially if Nagy Cohen plays. I just feel like the Saints have shown at times so inconsistent. This game is going to be a lot closer than people probably think, um, especially without Michael Thomas. You know, you're losing that big receiver, and it's shown with the Saints. The Saints are still a contender, but still, without their number one receiver, they've still shown, hey, we're still not as good as without Michael Thomas, you know. They're also without Emmanuel Sanders this week yeah, due to COVID yeah. due to COVID protocols. You want to know who the number one receiver in New Orleans is? Running back, yeah. Alan oh, Kamara. Yeah. Alan Kamara is the number one receiver and rusher for the New Orleans Saints this year because of the fact of Michael Thomas being unable to play. He had the high ankle sprain after Week One. He punched a dude in the face and then got suspended. You know, it. Even if Michael Thomas is given the green light, like how effective is he going to be? And Drew Brees has kind of regressed how much I, – I started with Drew Brees on my fantasy team this year as my starting quarterback, and it took me two weeks to drop him in order to go for Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. So I, I, I think that it is going to be close. Um, I, it, it's so hard to watch this Bears offense, and the Bears are going to be without – there's a possibility the Bears are going to be without Allen Robinson. Khalil Mack also did not participate today. Uh, along with Cordell Patterson on the defensive side of the football. So it's both teams are banged up, but it is at home. It is going to be cold. It's going to be on the lake. Do I think that Foles and Montgomery can get the job done and somehow win this football game? Yes. I like the bears at plus five because I think that they can cover. Um, but and I also like the under at 43 and a half. I do not think that this is going to be a high scoring game. I think it's going to be like 24, 17, 24, 15. Um, you know, it, that's just my take on that game. Yeah. I mean, even the bears have a, a pretty solid secondary. If you really look, think about it, you know, I mean, Eddie Jackson had a pick six last week against the Rams and stuff like that. This, I mean, you, like you said, Klimak is potentially he may not like play and stuff like that, but, I feel like the Bears have enough to at least cover. Yeah. Do I feel like the Saints can win by a field goal? Yeah, but hey, they're gonna they're gonna lose on the spread. I just, I, it's gonna be a close game. Yep. Um I don't think it's gonna lean one side too much, but I, I feel like plus five, I would comfortably take the Bears. Yeah. yeah I, if you're talking about a defensive front, that is the best. Pro Football Focus has ranked the Chicago Bears inside the top five in defensive front seven categories since last season. So and they've only gotten better. I really think that if Michael Thomas isn't good to go, that's going to be hard for Alvin Kamara to run up that gut. And he is going to be catching a lot out of the backfield. And there's going to be a lot of swarming towards him because everything is going to run through Kamara. So I, I like the plus five there. Um, you know, let's go to a West coast game here. San Francisco 49ers are playing Seattle Seahawks plus two and a half on the spread. 53 and a half on the over under the Niners are the underdog in this game. Um, I mean, Chris Carson's is going to be out for the, for Seattle as of right now. He had a foot, he had a foot injury last week. And it's going to make it harder how much I wish he would be able to play. Uh, you know, I like the night. I, I really do like the Niners outright in this just for the reason that I think, uh, you know, if it's Jimmy who's going to play, I think that Jimmy and Kittle are going to have a decent game. It, it's just so hard to, like, like defend that Seattle-like receiving core. 
Russell Wilson is by far the MVP this year. I think that it's going to be hard, but I, I, I like the Niners to be able to somehow pull that one out. You said Niners plus the two and a half or just outright? I like the Niners outright. I mean, yeah, plus 124, that's a nice sneaky little bet. I would. I don't know, just to me, like, San Francisco, I mean, they had a tough loss last week against Arizona. It's really, really see how they bounce back. You know, they have that pedigree of being competitive and knowing how to bounce back after a tough loss like that. Um, problem is, 49ers are starting to get healthy. I mean, that's the biggest fear because you had Seattle and Arizona trying to create that separation because 49ers were really injured, you know, missing Nick Bosa, Grappolo. And that running back situation they got down there in San Francisco. Um, so right now is kind of this is a big game. So I like that plus one twenty four. I love Jimmy in big games for some reason. Outside you know Super Bowl last year he played Kansas City, that was more of that was a combination of things. But I, I like Jimmy for this game. I just do, even okay. though it's in Seattle. Okay. Um... Let's go to the trash of the NFC, so to speak, in the Dallas Cowboys versus the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, the NFC, the NFC East is just bad. And the Cowboys are the underdog in this game. We still don't know if Andy Dalton is going to play. So that is a huge red flag there. But at plus eight and a half, plus 310 is an underdog and over under a 43 against the Eagles. It's so hard to be able to bet this consistently just because, in my opinion, if you don't know who is your starting quarterback, how are you going to be able to do it? I felt completely confident in Andy Dalton's ability to run this offense after Dak got hurt. He was brought in at $7 million for the year to do just that. But who who's the next man up? Like, you know, that – I have no idea. You can have as many offensive weapons as you want on this. Uh, you know, I'm taking. I'm going to take the Eagles against the spread at minus eight and a half, and I'm going to take the under on it. You know, neither one of those teams are really good, and you know Carson Wentz has not had a good year, but I think that him and Ernst are going to put up and put up a good amount of scores right there. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, this is coming from a Cowboys fan. This sucks with all that offensive talent that you see with CD to Amari to Zeke to Dak, you know, yep. you really look at that and you're like, man, this is really, it's really sad because you look at, this is probably the last time that was probably the last time Dak's going to be in a Cowboys uniform. I don't think Jerry, Jerry might have probably would have resigned him if we would have made the playoffs and made a Super Bowl push, but now be him being injured with an ankle injury He's not resigning him. There's, no, I just don't see it unless right. we can. I just don't. I just, because this team's window of even competing for a championship is closing. So, yep. is that offensive line is just getting older and older, and it's hard to replace those type of guys yep. that fit in that scheme. So, I'm taking. I'm definitely taking the Eagles eight and a half. I'm definitely taking the under. Yeah. So, but at the same time, both defenses are not good. No. They're holes no. on both like especially the Cowboys. Everyone's like, yeah, the Cowboys are gonna make a Super Bowl push. I'm like, yeah, maybe if they trade for some defensive players, they'll be make a Super Bowl push. That trade Dallas deadline Cowboys, is next Tuesday. Trade that, deadline is election day. God bless the uh, NFL for putting that together too. 
that Cowboys defense has been bad for like four years now, and I keep telling people, I'm like, everyone's like thinking Super Bowl or bust this year. I'm like, yeah, who like who are we gonna put out there in defense? Because all that outside the defensive line, a couple then like Lawrence and stuff like that, and that okay, the linebacker course, all right, but the secondary, oh god, don't even get yeah, started. I mean, secondary. from from a perspective for anybody who plays fantasy football, the Dallas Cowboys this season have put up negative points, zero or negative points. They put up zero to negative points five times out of seven weeks. The positive points that they have put up, they put up nine against the Giants, and they put up one against the Washington football team. It, it's not a good team. It is gonna, it's not an effective team, but neither are the Eagles. So I think that you know it's going to take an under- if they were playing anybody else, I'd be taking the over because I think they're going to be outscored. Um, but I, I definitely like the under on this. Looking at the AFC, where a lot of things are going to be going on this week, uh, let's start with the debut of another rookie quarterback, another first-round rookie quarterback making his appearance after the bye. The Los Angeles Rams are traveling to Miami, and Tua Tagovailoa is going to get the start this week and replacing Fitzmagic. Um, right now the Dolphins are opening up this at a plus three underdog, plus 150 outright, and the over-under is set at 46 even. Do you think that they can cover it plus three with a rookie quarterback after a bye week against a Rams team that is arguably one of the best two-loss teams in the NFL? I don't think so. You know, this is – I mean, the whole idea – I mean, I don't know how you feel about – the how they handled the situation. I understand, like, yeah, he had the hip issue, and they want to get him acclimated to the system in a hurry. I don't know. I just to me, I just feel like the Rams at minus three is, is the way safer bet. I know two is probably going to be pretty good, I in his career and stuff like that. But his first game at plus three, I don't know. That's that's just too to me. That's too much of a slim of a margin. I mean, yeah. do I think that this game's going to be competitive within a touchdown? Maybe. Um, all depends how well he plays. If he doesn't play well and they bench him and put Fitz back in there in garbage time or when it's too late to even think about covering, no, I'm not taking the plus three. I'm taking the Rams minus three, even though it's in Miami, so it's no change of weather. I guess if if something happens with COVID, maybe I might go back and say, hey, maybe I take the Dolphins. I don't know, but right now I'm taking the Rams at minus three, especially the way they played the Bears. Yeah, they put the Bears – and Aaron Donald is by far one of the best defensive players in the league. I mean, it's it, it's hard to do this. I saw a stat out there. So the only rookie quarterback to win this year, his opening game, was Justin Herbert. Like, Justin Herbert was the only one to win his opening game. And Joe Burrow came close against Baker. But, you know, this is a whole different ballgame. They're playing a very good team that could arguably come out of the NFC West and make the playoffs. Uh, I'm with you. I'm going to take the minus three with the Rams. I'm also going to take the over on it, though. I think Jared Goff is going to put up numbers this week. I think that, you know, he is trending in the right direction. He's an undervalued quarterback fantasy-wise. I think 46 is an attainable number to beat. So I would take the Rams at minus three against the spread, and I would take them at an over um, uh, on the over-under as well. Um, Go ahead. Nope. To go back to you, your point about Herbert, they transitioned to him after they really started the year with Tyler Taylor, and Tyler Taylor wasn't doing the job. 
They legit said, look, Fitz, thank you for doing halfway decent, and now we're going to bench you. I mean, oh yeah, they're putting yep. so much pressure on this kid in a hurry. Yep. And it, it scares me. That's how much it, it scares me. It's the fact that, hey, don't, like, have a transition, like – I they gave him, they gave him a bye week. They gave him the bye week to basically like get reps with the first team. And I think that he he has weapons around him. I mean, even if Devontae Parker cannot play, Miles Gaskins is still a very good running back. Mm-hmm. He has Mike Gesecki, who has fallen off in recent weeks in terms of targets and volume, but he is still a very good pass catcher as a tight end. Um, so you know, the opportunity is going to be there for him. At I just don't see him doing it in his opening week against Aaron Donald in that secondary with, with LA. Um, let's move. Las Vegas Raiders are going to Cleveland this week playing Baker Mayfield. At, and they are opening up at two and a half against the spread plus plus one twenty and an over under of 50 and a half. I like Baker in this. I really do. Even without Jarvis Landry. I, I think that they have a very, very good running back core. Uh, with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, they also have uh, oh shoot, not Jar, not yeah Jarvis Landry. He's without OBJ, so he's with he's gonna have our uh, he's gonna have Jarvis Landry. I think that that is a very good team. Baker doesn't put up fantasy numbers, but he's still productive. Um, you know, I I'll take Cleveland at minus two and a half, and I'll take the under on it because I truly don't know how much the Raiders are gonna be able to put up. Um, in terms of they've been feast or famine lately. I mean, exactly. If, if Baker goes out and has the game he had last week, um, yeah, I'm loving that two and a half. I'm actually loving it that that two and a half right now. I feel like they could beat the Raiders by three. At the same time, that's a close three. Yeah, uh, the Raiders are Raiders are a competitive team and a good team. Um, but like you go back to the Baker thing, he's like my. I, I had unfortunately it's kind of a luxury at the same time it's kind of a problem. I have three quarterbacks. I have Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, and him. <laughs> I didn't play him last week. I played Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan still had a solid week. But um but yeah, no, Baker, if he has that what he had last week, but that, that's the thing with him. He is so inconsistent. You yes. don't know what you're gonna get out of him. Right. Well, and, and he's coming off the ribbon he's coming off the rib injury too. So how much mm-hmm. is he gonna be able to put up? Yeah, even even with all the offensive talent he's got around, he's got I forget the young. I actually have his young tight end too, not Hooper, not in the joking anymore. Uh, no, it's not Hooper. It's um, Hooper's hurt still. Um, oh yeah, his last name's Bryant. Um, I know who you're talking about though. I had him. He had 20 points last week. I had him on my bench, and I messed up on that one. Um, Harrison Bryant. You're thinking yeah, of Harrison, Harrison Bryant. Bryant. Nope. Yeah. Um, he's got enough talent around him to be. Hey man, this guy should be really successful but it really hasn't really clicked on a consistent basis. So that's the only thing I can see. Baker Baker has one of those games where, like, he has three picks and one's returned for a touchdown. You're, like, yep. mad. Yep. 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 It's it's definitely hard to do. Um, let's go to a potential AFC championship game matchup. The only undefeated team left in the NFL is the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are traveling to Baltimore this week to take on the Ravens at home. Uh they are actually the underdog in this game. Uh, the spread is plus three and a half. They are a 160 outright to win and over under at 46 and a half. Their offense is streaky. Like Big Ben is 
good, and he has the weapons around him. But when you think Pittsburgh this year, you really think that top-tier defense. Uh, do I think that they are going to be able to hold Lamar Jackson in check? I do. I like them. I'm going to take them outright at plus 168, and I'm going to take the under on that at 46 and a half. I mean, yeah, I probably would if I had a way to me – the way Pittsburgh has played is super gritty, and it's Pittsburgh. You know, that's how you look at them back when they were had that dynasty in the 70s and stuff like that. They were so gritty and knew how to win when their opportunity was there. It wasn't like a blowout. It was basically a three-point win. Um, you know, I do like them outright against Baltimore. Baltimore kind of at the end of the game there, Struggle against Philadelphia. Philadelphia almost come back and won that game. I think it was like a 22 to 21 game. I forget. But I was just watching it Sunday, last Sunday thinking, man, Baltimore's really taking it to Philly. And out of nowhere, Philly comes back. And that defense, I don't know if they – here's the thing. If Baltimore gets up on that Pittsburgh defense and has a sizable lead at the end of the game, I, I don't know. That defense likes to sleep sometimes on Baltimore. And I have them as my – Defense uh, for my fantasy football team. Baltimore has a very good secondary to where they're going to be able to cover Juju pretty well, um, without a doubt. I will say this, though. Um, you know, Baltimore is relying a lot more on Lamar Jackson than they are Mark Ingram or any of their running backs. They have a very good running back room. And it. I, I wrote in the column, which will be coming out later this week, um, about this, that Lamar is carry, has carried the ball the same amount of times as Mark Ingram for almost 150 yards more than Mark Ingram. They are designing runs for Lamar instead of using his arm at the same time, which I think is going to play well into a run defense that is like a brick wall in the front seven. So I think that, you know, they are going to have to change some things up. I think that they'll be able to make those adjustments, but I really do like Pittsburgh in this matchup and I like that value for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, and even back to Lamar last week, he was the leader rusher last week. He had 108 yep. yards rushing. Yep. Yeah, no, they, in the fourth quarter, that defense, I know, I know that defense at times is really good, but I don't know. I, I know I guess Carson Wentz did go off, but they allowed, they allowed 22 points in the fourth quarter. That's, I mean, if you're going to play the spread, that is scary because you get <laughs> – I've been where someone backdoor yeah, doesn't cover. Yeah, you can. And you just, like, want to throw it. something. Yep. So okay. that's yeah. the only thing scary about that defense is. Yep. So who are you, who were you picking on this one? I was I was gonna go I was going with you Steelers outright. You know that just seems like the safer safer way to go. Yep. Okay. All right, and let's move in. We got we'll do. I really don't want to cover the Jets because that's a dumpster fire, and that's a clear. Those numbers are not good. Uh, you know, let's do two rookie quarterbacks and then let's go and wrap up with New England and Bills Mafia. Uh, so let's start the game right below it. Noon kickoff. The Tennessee Titans are traveling to Cincinnati. Joe Burrow, again, is going to get another opportunity to show what he is made of at a noon kick. Um, he is an underdog again, plus five and a half on the spread, plus 200 outright to win, over under of plus 53. Tennessee's defense is giving up yards to receivers. And for fantasy, I have Joe Burrow starting this week because of the fact Tennessee is averaging, is giving up on average 20 points to fantasy quarterbacks. So 
it's a favorable matchup for anybody who has either Joe Burrow or any of your Cincinnati Bengal wide receivers. Um, do I think that they can beat the Titans? Possibly, which is why I'm going to take them at plus five and a half on the spread just to cover. Um, and I'm going to take the under because I do think that both of those teams, no matter how good and how high I am on Joe Burrow and his ability to put up 300 yard passing games, it, it, Tennessee is no slouch. So I think that, you know, if they win, they're going to, it's a safe bet to take him a plus five and a half. Um, and I also like that under at 53. I mean, yeah, I would have to, I would have to probably, you know, Joe Burrow has yet to really show that, Hey, I'm a rookie. I mean, yes, he's made throws like, man, this guy still thinks he's got a bunch of talent on LSU to throw to same time. He hasn't really looked at, he's never looked at, He's never had one of those games like, man, this guy is really like he's had a bad game yet. So I'm going to have to go with you as well, plus the five. I feel like they can beat Tennessee outright. You know, this Titans defense has not looked good the last couple weeks. They gave up. I mean, they've had in the last couple weeks, they've had a bunch of like overtime games. Like, I mean, against the Steelers, they gave up 27. I mean, they, the only team they really handled it was the Bills. The Texans, they, they almost lost to the Texans two weeks ago. Yeah. And that, I, I get it, Deshaun Watson's great, but they were up like 14 with like three minutes left to go, and they, they almost blew that game. Right. And, um, I mean, I, that's, why I'm the, that's why I have to go with. I'm going to go with Cincinnati plus five. Um, and, I'm, I, you know, it, it's kind of a shame that Derrick Henry can't play more than this running back because he could probably play a mean linebacker too, so – He's a beast out of that uh, out of the backfield coming down. Um, let's hit one last rookie quarterback. The Los Angeles Chargers are heading to the Mile High Stadium playing Denver. Uh, they are favored in this game at minus three against the spread. Um, if you want to take the Broncos outright at plus one thirty six, that is the number currently, and the over under is forty four and a half. Um, I I truly don't think that this is a game that is going to be competitive. The Broncos have so many holes on offense right now. I think that Justin Herbert is going to have another good game, um, especially in the mile high. I, it might be a little bit more run heavy just because uh, you don't know what the temps are going to be in Denver. But I'm going to take I'm going to take the Chargers against the spread at minus three, and I'm going to take the over at 44 and a half because I think that Herbert he, he's consistently putting up numbers that you that make you want to take 44 and a half there i mean yeah absolutely um i like the over 44 and a half and i was probably gonna um i really haven't decided who i was i was more or less looking at the the over yes this bronco offense is very inconsistent but they're consistent enough to get at least two touchdowns and herbert do the rest that's saying, I mean, do I think the Chargers are going to blow them out? Yeah. I just don't know. I just here, With these rookie quarterbacks, you just, you just don't know when these games are going to be like Herbert's trending upwards. You never know. He might have a bad game. I right. Know. You don't know when he's going to peak and when he's going to hit that valley. Yeah. you be like, okay. So with that minus three and a half, do I feel like if he has a bad game, the Chargers are significantly better than the Broncos? 
that run game, maybe. I, just, I don't know. Three, three scares me a little bit. It's just that's my opinion. I like the over though. Over okay. 44 and a half. All right. So, so you're taking the over at 44 and a half and not making a pick. That's all right. And then we've got the New England Patriots going to Buffalo, playing the Bills. They are an underdog in this, plus three and a half against the spread, plus 176 outright, over under a 41. Uh, this is one, the Patriots looked good to start the season. I, I think that that was obvious. And Cam has regressed. And he's even said that his starting spot is in jeopardy, which kind of blows my mind because they really don't have anybody else to play. Um. So for me on this, I'm I'm going to take the Bills at minus three and a half to win that game, and I'm going to take the over on it. I think that Josh Allen is going to be able to put up a good amount of numbers. He's got a lot of targets. Um, you know, getting Stephon Diggs has definitely helped the Bills. So I I would go with I would go with the Bills and the over. Yeah, I was about to say, you know, if you were said this game at the beginning of the year, since the Patriots got Cam, I thought it was going to be a lot more competitive. And honestly, you could have if switched it around potentially at the beginning of the year, um, because if Cam was at what he was before in Carolina, he, Patriots could be undefeated. But at the same time, this is probably my biggest lock of this weekend: is the Bills minus three and a half. That's a take all day long. Yeah. I just that Cam is so inconsistent right now, and it's like I don't see them watching after last week. I don't see them getting it right in a week. Well, at the end of the season, if they could somehow eight and eight and somehow get a wild card team, it might be different. Because right. by that time, hopefully, they could have their stuff together and be playing a lot better. But right now, at minus three and a half, Buffalo Bills, I am. You can you if you're if you listen, you can hit me up on Twitter and say, "Hey, you're completely wrong." If the Patriots blow them out, but but for me, this is this is a lock. I don't see any way possible unless Josh Allen has the world's worst game. Yeah, and if if Allen throws three picks, then maybe we're having a different conversation. But Josh Allen just does not look that way. Um, I would throw out here my lock is a game that uh, you know we didn't talk about, uh, but Tampa Bay at minus twelve against the spread. Against the Giants, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a lock for me. I, I would put that in there. You know, Tampa Bay now has all their offensive weapons available to them. That defense is underrated and it is good. Tom Brady has finally started to make connections with Gronk. You know, look out AFC South and look out, or sorry, NFC South and look out for the rest of the NFC come playoff time because Tom Brady is making another run at a ring. How much it hates me to say that. But they look good. Them at minus 12, I'm taking that, and that would be my lock. And that kind of wraps up all of our picks. Um, any other, like, last thoughts before we wrap up here and we'll discuss next week? I mean, not really, man. It's been, it's been a good time talking, and, you know, I'm glad that, you know, especially college football, the whole shebang's back in place when you talk about Power 5. This is when you start looking at it and you're like, all right, this is going to be fun, especially because Pac-12, if they really want to make a run to the playoff this year, they have to be perfect. They can't lose a game. I mean, they can't be – you look at it and you're like, oh, four and one or like four. 
like three and two, you're like, oh man, yeah, you you they, really don't ever you don't. There have is no play. there is no margin for error, and there really isn't any margin for error for the Big Ten either. Yeah. You know, Big Ten is playing eight games in eight weeks. You know, if Wisconsin is seven and zero, like how how is that going to look if they because of the fact they aren't going to be able to make up that Nebraska game? Uh, you know, there is no margin for error for some of those other schools. Um, you know, I'm excited to see week two. I'm excited to see as we're getting closer to the playoff push. Obviously, the NFL trade deadline is next Tuesday, which is also election day. If you haven't, please go out and vote. You know, we're not going to tell you who to vote for, but just go out and vote as every other player has been able to tell you. Um, you know, we'll, we'll be back here next week breaking down, you know, how we did and what we thought of both the NCAA and the NFL. And, you know, maybe next week we've got two weeks till the Masters, too. Maybe we'll talk a little golf next week and see because Tiger is going to be defending at Augusta in November. And me as a golf fan, I cannot wait to see that place with fall colors and a little bit cooler temps and watch golf media lose its mind as players walk Augusta National Golf Club in hoodies. But, you know, we'll see. Um, that's all for this week of fourth and broke. I'm Wes Sanderson. He's Justin Kelly, and we will see you all again next week. Thanks for listening to the headliners podcast. You can catch new episodes of fourth and broke every week for more, check out northernstar.info and go to the sports section for more articles on anything going on in NIU sports and columns, including Wes's Down the Lines sports betting column.